get married as an arranged. And then he's like, love, oh, love, love. And he said it in such a weird way in their accent. And I just thought it was funny. So I started saying it my way. Love. Love, love. I got you. Okay. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. V is very, very mm, extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you adore. Yes, love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. It's true. Good love can make it. Take my heart, but please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. I like that. We should record that. Everybody, hey. What's up, people? It's your blurred girl, Bola, triple F queen, Bola on the mosaic. And it's your girl, no tagline, Whitney, backing woo woo. it up here on the mosaic. Yes, and we are blurred talk with Bola and Whitney, as you with guys know. With these sick harmonies, y'all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We didn't work that out. We worked that out. <laughs> it was good. Whitney, let me just high five that one. You know yeah, what I mean? Yes. Yes. That yes. was beautiful. That was like one of our best song numbers. <laughs> we just... Stop. We just started the whole, just the top of the pod. Just, we just gonna sing it for you guys. That's right. Because we are in the month of love, 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 and black power, <laughs> and black power. And so actually, it's more like black history and culture. But anyway, I'm gonna put black power on it. Hey, hey, girl, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> exactly. So this is the month of black power and love. And so what did we decide to do today? Black love. <laughs> That's right. Black love, y'all. We doing Sylvie's love. And yes. needle in a time stack. Yes. So we actually have two different kind of black love moves to talk to you about today on this pod. And what I like is that one is like a period piece. Mm. And the other one is like a sci-fi piece. Yeah. And so we are excited to talk about the difference between the two of them mm-hmm. and like how they talk about black love and feature black love. And so you guys just be in a lovey, lovey, dovey, saccharine sweet. Do I need to play Love Fool by the Cardigans from the 90s? <laughs> love me, love me. Say that you love me. Fool me, fool me. Go on and fool me. <laughs> I love that song. I get I all mushy inside and I think of the Spice Girls <laughs> and just that period like what am I, what was I doing at that time? Anyway, <laughs> but that's what we're going to be talking about today, y'all. So happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month, For y'all. all my blurs and the non-blurs. And Just we forgot to mention, I mean, if y'all are listening to it the day it comes out, this is a special episode, y'all. Yes. Because this is a Valentine's Day episode yes. instead of a Thursday drop like usual. Y'all Happy get Valentine's a bonus Day. episode for February. Yes. Because it's Black History Month. And yes. we both black. And we like, yes, girl. Let's <laughs> Just drip it all on them. Drip all the sauce on them. Dripping all the sauce. All the beautiful sauce. Sprinkling all the sweet tarts and sweethearts. The sauce, the black girl magic. Everything. Everything. All right, y'all. So enough of us acting up and (laughs) basically enjoying ourselves. But so we are excited. Um, So this is our Valentine's episode, and we just want you guys to just sit back and we talk about love. Listen to us. Laugh. Sing along. Like, record your own harmonies and send it to us. We'd love to hear it. If you want to sing what what we what we saying go ahead and do that okay that's right y'all sing along all right so sit back and talk about love with us black love (laughs) all right now i just want to say for everybody listening that also with our show this is a show 
where the blurred perspective is there. But doesn't mean we do not accept non-blurreds to come and talk about things, give their opinions. This is not just like only a black show. No, this is just yeah. two blurred girls, black nerds, That's right. talking about We will things. provide the black perspective. We provide the blackness. So if somebody who is not like a, a black person or a minority or whatnot wants If you to- white, you can come on here, okay? <laughs> Come on. If you Asian, you can come on here. And we've had that actually. We've yes. had Asians on here. So <laughs> we provided the the the, the blurred part. So we y'all come the on down. News. If y'all want to come come talk to us. Yes, we love Tell to have guests. Me something good. No, you didn't. Didn't, didn't you get there? Mm, 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 mm. Tell you me that you like it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we sang this before. We probably have. <laughs> We have some that we probably come back to pretty often. Oh they my just apply god, to man! Okay, let's get into our blurred because we do got two movies to talk about today. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. let's get into blurred out. You go first, girl. You go. Okay, I will go first. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not gonna By lie. By the way, G, I like your outfit. Not just your hair, but your outfit. You guys should see her. Oh, maybe y'all see. Well, no, you won't see the full outfit with the Instagram post, but y'all should see it. It's a great outfit. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Whitney. You're the op- no tagline. You're the bomb.com. <laughs> you know, I'm the fashionista one. <laughs> anyway, but um, I'm blurting. I just have some honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, I've been watching a lot of the Olympics. Not a lot, but just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. So <laughs> it's okay. But um, I've been watching that. Um, also, I wanted to shout out a show that um I heard was really good about Black Love. So this is like a I haven't started watching it, but mm-hmm. I want to start watching this. And I had listened to a pl- a podcast, mm-hmm. and it was a podcast called um for colored nerds. Yeah, so it's a podcast, basically other people like us, Mm -hmm. and they're probably our our age group, because me me and you are kind of elder millennials. (laughs) Over 30 millennials. Eliza Schlesinger. Yeah, we're the the elder millennials. I got it from her, because (laughs) we have to distinguish. The ones born in the 90s are totally different from the ones born in the 80s, okay? (laughs) It's just different. We were born in the 80s, so we are the elder millennials, and the 90s millennials got everything they wanted. We were the test two babies, and they just like, okay, we'll perfect it on them. And then the Gen Z is just running amok. So we'll leave the centennials alone. But anyway. Yeah, bitches running wild. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they <laughs> I like that. Um, so they have a podcast called For Colored Nerds, and it's a guy and a girl, and they talk about just different topics. Mm. So they don't really review movies. They they just talk about different topics. Really. Oh, okay. So sometimes they have guests talk about things. Mm-hmm. And on their podcast, they mentioned two things that I liked uh, that is about Black History Month. I'm bringing it up for this very purpose. Um, because it's Black History Month, they talked about how they had a guest who made something called the Black Film Archive. So it's a website where you can go and there's a, a full list of black movies that are made by black people or about black people or black topics made from like 1915 all the way to the 70s. And it's like an archive for you to go and just learn and soak it up and see what we actually had made, what people mm. were doing, what we were doing from 1915 to mm-hmm. the 70s. Yeah. And I think the person who made it, she's trying to expand it. But I would definitely go check out that episode, guys. It was in December. But it was called the Black Film Archive. But I mean, I went on the site and I looked it through there, and I was like, "Wow, there's some old stuff on here that I didn't even realize was made and that Black people made." Because mm-hmm. you know, we were very limited in those the fifteen, nineteen fifteens. Yeah, they didn't let us do nothing. Mm-hmm. But there's some stuff out there, so I think it's a great way to like go and learn. Since we're talking about Black love, we're mm-hmm. gonna talk about Black people in film right now. Yeah. Um, and just the representation, just to see what was going on during that time, mm-hmm. and soak it up and learn. Because even me, I realized I had not watched 
watch a lot of black films that a lot of black people will have watched and probably because my family's not from America. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that people are like, yeah, we know this. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, Whitney. Mm-hmm. That song you were talking about, about Silent Night, the... the oh, my God. The Temptation Silent Night? I just that heard it last a, year. That is a black culture staple. I just heard that song <laughs> last year. And I didn't tell you because I didn't want you to think that I did. Because they're like, in my mind. And I'm like, I do not in know. I, the Silent oh Night, God. I know, was Next the Next time ones. you swipe, declined. <laughs> Your black oh card no. My card is the blackest one because I'm African, okay? <laughs> I got the original black card, okay? <laughs> Anyway, but I didn't want to tell you before because I was like, ooh, I've never heard this song. Oh, my God. And it is like one of the greatest Christmas songs I looked ever. it up. I looked it up just what, okay. to listen. What do you think, though? I like it. It's awesome. I, you know what? I, I didn't look it up. I heard it because my sister at the time, I remember I talked about this on the Christmas podcast, that my sister was playing Christmas music while we were trying to put the tree together with my mm-hmm. nieces. And I was like, get rid of this kind of this old school, like, we want something lively. And then I looked up Black Christmas mm-hmm. um, carols mm-hmm. or Black Christmas music. And so a whole list came out and their song was on there. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing it from the kitchen and I was like, mm, doing and I just love all the ad-libbing and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, this song is good. <laughs> but that was the first time I've heard it. It was last year. Wow. I'm telling you. So, sorry, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the Black Film Archive, I think, is an awesome idea for this, especially those who really are really into film. Sweet. Let's throw to check some notes. things. Let's yeah. throw that, uh, the podcast I'm gonna episode throw, and yes. the actual link to the I'm going to totally throw it in there. Sweet. And then they mentioned another show that I really want to get into, and it's called, I think, Love Life, and it has a black lead feature, and a lot of people are talking about this film. So what's, it, so what's kind of the premise of it? It's just like a love story, like TV show. Um, it had a first season with Anna, um, Anna, um, Anna Kendrick, and then it's on, like they do it where the second season is about somebody totally different. Oh, okay. So this season they have a black lead, and everyone has been talking about how awesome this show is. Hmm. But they were talking about how the guy. What I clued into was they were saying like the person's the main character's name is Marcus. Mm-hmm. They were saying that this is who they wish Lawrence was from Insecure, and I was like, mm, that's a little, a little hefty. That's a little those fighting words. You know, everyone loves Lawrence, and then you have the people that don't from Insecure. Mm-hmm. So for him to say that, he's like, they should have wrote. Lawrence like this mm-hmm. I was like oh I gotta watch this I wanted to watch it before the pod r- recording but I did not get a chance to it's on HBO and I do plan on watching it but they had awesome things to say about this I had to turn it off because I didn't want them to spoil it for me because mm-hmm. I wanted to experience it for myself but I recommend you guys go watch Love Life on HBO <laughs> okay yep. okay yep and then shout out to Target for like this is Black History Month I will add this Shout out to Target because they actually now have new, like, merchandise, cool clothing that actually features black art on it, like, Mm. pictures, black faces, everything. I was very impressed when I went into Target to buy my niece a coat this week, this past week. That's cool. We bought my nieces this shirt, too. I don't like faces on my stuff. (laughs) Oh, I don't mind. I don't mind. I love a good graphic tee and all that kind of stuff. I mean, if it's like a, you know, like a... IP character, like a, you know, a Storm, a Spider-Man, something like that. I'm cool. But I don't want, like, some rando face on my shirt. Well, not like, it was cartoon. It was like, it was like 
I don't want a rando cartoon person on my shirt if they're just some random person. I like it. Like the black art of the black girl and the hair. I love those things. I loved it. I I will post my video about it later. It's cool. Like graphically, it's cool. But Mm -hmm. I just don't want like a rando on my shirt. So you prefer like a regular, just regular tees. Like what do you prefer on your shirts? Plain ones or? I mean, I can do like, you know, characters like the, um, the, like the muses sweatshirt that you gave mm-hmm. me oh you have They're to know from, what it is yeah i want like i don't want just some random person on there oh i like the graphic i like it as a graphic because i just like it right it's a representation of blackness and i i like them i think they're awesome and they have other shirts prefer, that have words I too prefer different representations of it. like if it's like a silhouette or something mm. i'm cool with that like like big fro or something but it's a silhouette i'm cool but i don't want just like a random like cartoon giant head <laughs> Like, oh why? my gosh, Wendy, you made it sound terrible. <laughs> I, don't care, I don't care if it's black, white. I just don't want some random head on me. Like, yeah, I'm just like, why? Okay, so Whitney is not down, but I'm telling you guys, I had to give it to Target for actually doing it. I thought it was really nice. They had it on the bags. There was one shirt I really wanted, but I take points away from Target because they didn't have enough extended sizes, so I couldn't buy. Aww. Thanks a lot, Target. What about do online? better for plus size. Yeah, I was online that because I always do online. Oh, okay. plus size I always do online. Okay. Yeah, so I was just like, mm, all right, Target, but I had to give them the points for even doing it because mm. I have never seen anything black. Ah, <laughs> Target. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Target is like not Target. Target extra. Target is not a store I would consider a black store, but anybody can go in Target, but. I don't really go there for stuff that much. So I like their colors. Like they've got really, really bright colors, especially like from their home section and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you compare Walmart and Target, I feel like they have a more vibrant kind of like color palette mm-hmm. available for mm-hmm. their stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree. I agree. They do have some nice things. They're not my favorite place to go, but I, mean, but I do I go there if I, I need shop to. For clothes there, but I will look in there for like you know towels or things. I've gotten like a that. few things yeah. in the past from there that were really nice because they had a wonderful summer scheme in like seven twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. It was really I bought a dress and a shirt. It was really nice mm. stuff was going on, and then they had a plus size section too, so I could get more things. They had like more extended sizes. Mm-hmm. They had like something called Avon Viv. It was really great because you know I'm all into the fashions, mm-hmm. so. Yep, but I would, like, commend Target for doing that because I think it's really nice to have something about black history or, like, the phrases on their shirt, is like, it just promotes black people loving themselves, mm-hmm. wearing themselves, supporting themselves. And I think black creators made that, so I just think it was awesome. So I give Target some props for that. Okay. Get the extended sizes for us, fit, for, for us fatties, okay? <laughs> Get it, you know? Uh, and the last thing I will mention, mm-hmm. and this will be over, is I went and had a duck brunch. This is oh, a local yeah. Richmond spot. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I can get Whitney to go so then we can like review it properly. I don't know why you said that. Hopefully, you can get me to go. I am down to go. I know, but I <laughs> went for brunch brunch with one of our our mutual friends, and it was a duck brunch where we ate duck. Duck brunch. She had a duck burger with something else mixed. It was like I guess meat mixed anyway. But I had the duck and waffles. You think it was me? <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Oh yeah, the question you're right here. <laughs> I think it was beef, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Because okay, I didn't, okay. because I was not trying to eat no burger. <laughs> I was looking at this, the, you know, chicken and waffles, but it was duck and waffles. Mm. And I'm telling you, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Like, it was beautiful. Like, I had not eaten duck that way really before. And they had, like, Carolina hot sauce on it. So it was, like, spicy sweet. Mm. And the, the waffle was perfectly crisp on the outside and soft on the inside. Had really nice, not too sweet syrup. 
And then this blew me away. They had this awesome smoke. I asked for egg, a side of egg. Mm-hmm. They put this smoked cheese on it because I asked for cheese. Mm-hmm. But they put the smoked cheese in the egg. And I'm telling you, that thing made that egg sing. Normally, when <laughs> I go out, I have to put salt and pepper on everything because Africans don't like no bland food. <laughs> I can still, I hate bland food. I can't do it. I no. literally will throw up in my mouth. I think that's across the whole culture. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can't. Some people can make it work. And it's okay for them, and they are fine with But me, I'm like, add the salt and pepper before you cook it. <laughs> what is the point? Why do I have to add salt and pepper afterwards? It's like insulting us. I have to add seasoning. When you post a seasoning before you cook. That's how we think. <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm used to that, going to the American store. But we make eggs differently. Ours are our whole meal. That makes me think of the uh, Chadwick Boseman Black Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hell no, Karen. You can keep your bland. (laughs) Keep your raisins to yourself. (laughs) And he won Black Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live just for that. Y'all go look at I'm going to put a... a, a, We'll put it in the show. Yeah, I'm going to put a clip for just so y'all can see what we're talking about. It was the best, like, like Saturday Night Live clip in a long time. It was called Black Jeopardy. All the Black Jeopardy episodes are, um, sketches are really funny. But his particular one... Oh, my God. Actually, I think my favorite one is the Tom Hanks one. Oh, that one was but good, too. That but one was, I really but love the, the Chadwick one. But the Chadwick <laughs> one was uh, really awesome. Because he pretended to be T'Challa on yeah. Jeopardy. <laughs> anyway, but the, it was awesome. Like, I was floored. And the drink I had was really nice, too. Mm-hmm. It was just, and I was like, I'm going to have to come back here. Oh. I told them I would shout them out on our podcast, and I have. I have pictures, so I'm going to post them on our Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to do that, too. Oh, and God. then, I mean, hopefully we can get Whitney to try it one day. We both go together. And then I don't know why you say hopefully we can get Whitney to try. I mean, like we can work it out. We can do it. We can do it like soon. You know what I mean? You can do it. Put your back into it. Oh my god! (laughs) You you guys, you guys feel for me. I be trying to keep us on tap. Whitney has a song for everything you say. Anything you can say. That's why if you were playing a game with Whitney, a music game, Whitney would just be on it. <laughs> she might not remember the name all the time, but she know that lyrics. She know that. <laughs> anyway, it's the Shave Duck in um, Midlothian, Virginia. If y'all are listening, please go out there and get yourself some ducks, some good <laughs> ducks. And I'm like, you know what? I'm happy to eat the ducks because they got too much attitude. Ducks are arrogant to me. Oh, you know so what? I'm happy ducks to eat are them. Not, they are fr- straight up gangster. They the geese, walk, their cousins, the geese. Oh yeah, you're are right. You super know gangster. I can't remember. If they're the super, most hood birds ever yes. in the world. Geese will walk across the street, look at you as be you like, are in your car, your two ton car, and be yes. like, "What you gonna do?" <laughs> <laughs> you share my my passion. I'm like I'm feeling it so much because I'm like, how come no one else? I, I remember I was doing it this week. This very week, I was like, if y'all don't get y'all little waddling cells out the road, <laughs> y'all are just like, we gonna occupy this place. I'm gonna take my time. I don't give a damn you got somewhere to go. I'll just be looking at you and be like, mm, how dare you? You know? <laughs> Yes, the geese are the most gangster birds in my ducks are also gangster. So I'm just like, Mm-mm. I don't mind eating a duck. Okay, so <laughs> someone's like, don't eat rabbits. Don't eat. I was like, I don't care. Ducks are arrogant. They need to know their place on the dinner plate. <laughs> <laughs> but duck actually tastes really good. So mm. there you go. That's all I'm learning out about y'all. Okay. Your turn, Whitney. So, um, let me think. Okay, so one of the things I'm blurting out about is at the Altria Theater recently, it was last 
not today, Friday, but this past Friday, they had um, come from away at the Altria. It's a Broadway show. It was like, as part of my mom's subscription, Broadway subscription, it's like the one that I was like least excited about because mm-hmm. I didn't know that much about it. I mean, I read the synopsis and I'm like, oh, okay. I've been seeing the ad for ages. I'm glad you said something about it because I was like, now I know what this is about. <laughs> yeah. So like we go in, me and my mom, we go, we see it. It is fantastic. Y'all. Fantastic. Listen to her. Oh she my don't God. say that about everything. So, so good. I was so pleasantly surprised. And, like, not even just, like, pleasantly surprised, but just, like, even just, like, su- because pleasantly surprised is, like, fr- I feel like a relative term mm-hmm. to, oh, I had low expectations in it. <laughs> but it's, like, no, from an absolute standpoint, just, like, it was just, yeah. I, it was great. It was great. And they actually have it on um, Apple TV Plus. Come yeah. Away. Um, it's like a, a cast recording, I think, almost like what they did with Hamilton. Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to come up in here you and watch it. You should. Bola. We're going to do a watch because, day. Yeah, I really want you to see it because it was just so good. And I feel like the Altria wasn't as um, as crowded when we went to see it on Friday night. I hope that they got a lot of people in there because it was just so good and it just deserved, like, to have a lot of people see it. It's so, so good. what would you rate it as on our on our rating scale? Ten glasses, girl. Ten glasses. Ten glasses. Girl. Not even a nine and a monocle and a contact. Ten it's glasses, ten glasses. Girl. All right. Ten that that means that thing was fire. That thing was fire. Okay. Ten glasses, girl. I'm gonna come up and roll up. I still need to finish Ted Lasso, and you don't yeah. want to know the Apple subscription. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Uh, what else you blurting out about? Wait. Um. Let's see. What else was that? I don't know if I talked about this on the last episode. In case I didn't, did I talk about Jungle Cruise? Um, no, but I heard my, my, my sister and my cousins, no, mm-hmm. my sister and my nieces watched that when I wasn't home one day mm-hmm. and they said it was awesome it and was. she didn't want to watch it at first. It was awesome. This is once again, shout out to Todd. Once again, this was a recommendation of his and I watched it cause I hadn't seen, I mean, I knew it was on it was Disney the rock plus. Again. I mean, I like the rock actually, uh, but it too. was just for whatever reason it slipped under my radar. Mm hmm. And it was so good. Yeah, I heard it was. I, I just didn't get around to it. I was more interested in watching Red Notice, which I also very much enjoy and recommend. Is that Netflix? Yeah, that's Netflix. Okay. And with Ryan Reynolds, okay. Gal Gadot, and Rock. Oh, I like Gal Gadot. Very su- the well, surprise actually, at the end. I, I love all of three of them, to be honest. Yeah. The <laughs> surprise at the end twist is really, really spectacular. Ooh. But I was into that, and then I just forgot to go back and watch Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. I actually was inter- interested in Jungle Cruise because I really like Emily Blunt. So I was interested, too. I actually had it on like my ever know because i have like a list of movies that i want to see of course you but have then a during list. the pandemic everything kind of yeah yeah so yeah. it was like still on there i was like oh this was on my list and i just never got around mm-hmm. to watching it once it showed up on disney plus but yeah really good mm-hmm. i definitely recommend it check it out you guys on disney uh disney plus yeah mm. and i think like um that might have been oh no just FYI, the second second and final season of Centaur World came out. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, and I watched that. It was probably like let a me month not ago say that I watched that. Because you don't was, do that to me when I blurt really out. Satisfying. I okay. enjoyed it. They had more great songs. <laughs> the Becky Apple song was <laughs> like <laughs> hilarious. Becky apples, Becky apples. I think your apples suck. Wow. <laughs> because horse Such is like jealous because she hears that Ryder. Her actual like mm-hmm. human rider like was like riding another horse and she's like jealous. <laughs> she's like she was my friend first. So she's like Becky Apples is the worst. I don't know her, but I know she's the worst. <laughs> I love how happy you get about these little cartoons. I'm just oh like my God, I love it. 
I'm still like adult cart. Well, they're not adult so cartoons. Into Encanto, I've been like playing like a playlist that starts with me so often. Encanto is just, like it's taking over the world, like deservedly I'm, so. Though. Like, do you, do you realize how many people I've I've watched like every day? <laughs> I see a video of somebody dressed up like and Mirabel and <laughs> Dolores and Camille and then. Isabella and Louisa <laughs> dancing, singing. Everybody's getting I into it. it. I really want, I can't wait for my nephews to get older. I Why? want them to be old enough so me and mom can go and take ballroom lessons because. Uh, Why do your nephews need to be old enough to take your Because my brother's not going to do it and my dad's not going to do it. Oh, y'all don't have partners. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, I really well, why want don't y'all to... just go take it and get partners that are already there? Like, there's guys that take it that are actually interested. There are. Um, I feel like there's probably maybe an imbalance sometimes, so. But what did you, why would you make your little nephews, like, and the grandbaby? I didn't say little. I said when they get older. How old are you going to be? Cause old you are... enough where they can dance. They like dancing, thank you very much. I didn't say that. Anybody. Babies actually do like to dance. But you know when kids get older, they become stuck in their own little thing. And what if they don't want to take you guys da- ballroom dancing? Like, okay, I feel like that might be a possibility with Eli. But I feel like Peanut has, like, got that he's going to be... Your He's dance partner while you're like me extra and old. Dance partner. I feel like he truly <laughs> enjoys dancing and he doesn't mind dancing with his grandma and his auntie. Okay. I didn't say he didn't, but In I'm just fact, saying. I feel like he's going to be one of those wonderful young I'm men. I'm just saying. Because he was, I was sitting at the table and we were, we had the um, Google Home speaker playing and um, he and my mom were dancing. Like, no. Eli and my mom were dancing, and Peanut comes over to me, and he holds out his hand, and he says, I want to dance with you, auntie. My heart. He's going to be one of those wonderful young men where at the school dance or whatever, some young lady who's a wallflower, you're going to be like, would you like to dance? And he just, ah. Can we get to real life here? Okay, so can I just say just this? Just so y'all know. I'm not trying to. I've got to gotta conceal. I will. I oh, will. my God. Whitney, where are you going? <laughs> Don't go I'm for violence. Don't choose, violence. Don't choose violence. Don't choose violence. I'm y'all just saying, what if they grow up? I a relationship with the Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. You better have some goals in life. We don't want no riffraff around my neck. What nephews. if they grow up and they're like, I don't want to dance with my auntie. That's a possibility. That's I don't want to dance with grandma. Fine. It's That's a possibility. That it is That's a possibility. That's all I'm saying. When they get older and they can make po- decisions for themselves. But I feel like at the very least, Peanut would. I all think right. Eli would probably... I feel like he Eli's going to be like, more. nah, nah. Because <laughs> you know like, how guys get like They, might like be, they will be, be so open when they're kids, but then they grow up, they just, the world like gets Eli into them. would be the more likely to be like, eh. And they become reserved or to become more into the but character. I feel like Peanut would be, will continue with this. All right. So you're but just I'm hoping. Just so I'm just saying, yeah, don't be, don't be rolling up on my nephews or unless you come Who correct. are these people rolling up on your nephews? I'm saying he's going to have to, they going to, my nephews, they going to have to the little, fight them You mean the off. little ladies when they get a- Yes. <laughs> We're going to have to beat them off with sticks, and I'm saying. All I'm saying is you should not let you, the growth of your, like, your your nephews are young right now, like, really young. You should not let the growth of them impede you from, you know, actually going and just dance, dancing and doing what you got to do. Like dance anyway. I'm just saying I would like to take, like, the actual ballroom classes. Yeah, but take the ballroom classes now. Okay, and then dance with, with whoever's there. The dance with a chick. I don't want to do it anymore. Oh, my God. Okay, we're going to move on. I mean, I, I would still do it, but it's just like, you know, with the way the pandemic is, it's not really the time. That I would really want to go in there anyway. Girl, like, give me some men's real my, quick. I don't care. Hey, my mask daddy. and stuff. Like when I do something where it's physical mm-hmm. exertion, I don't want to have to wear a mask because I feel like I mean, you know, sometimes I can do better with the mask, and sometimes it's like five minutes is too long. Oh, but you might not have to dance with the mask. You can just be like, "Are you vaccinated? I'm vaccinated. Cool." 
I don't know what their habits are. And <laughs> this is, let's not even get into this. This is supposed to be the black love episode. This <laughs> yeah, is a I'm negative sorry. downer. But my point was that um, we don't talk about Bruno. I love we that We don't style. talk about Bru- the tango-ish style. Is it tango? I'm, mom, I feel like it my is. My mom said she thought it was Roomba. Maybe Roomba, maybe, because I haven't watched Dancing with the Stars in a long time. But I remember watching Dancing with the Stars made me learn about all those dances. Foxtrot, mm-hmm. Roomba, Samba. Yeah, but everything. it's like when it gets, especially Roomba. to like the build-up part where they're all singing, mm-hmm. You can really yeah. feel that dance style, and that's why I really want. I was like, this makes me really want to learn. Fine, we can dance in the. We can we can dance in your room here. Um, just you give me a minute. I get windy. You can leave your friends. Oh my god! Stop! Stop! Stop with me! We can dance to Bruno all you want because I'm not gonna lie. I have still been every morning. My nieces wake up. I wake up with them because I go to work downstairs, and they get up and this is what they decide to play. If they're not watching their little Roblox or some of their some of their YouTube channels, mm-hmm. they will play on repeat the playlist that has all the songs from Encanto. So every morning, I it's have no problem with that. Me and I bound <laughs> with the family magic gun. I'm sorry, I know the words. <laughs> and actually, we don't talk about Bruno. It's actually my second favorite. My favorite uh, is Surface Pressure. And pressure it's like a juke, juke, juke. Well. Yes, I love spot. that. Whoa, pressure like a juke, juke, juke. Just go pop. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, that's all we should do. That's all we should do. We've sang a lot in just the first first few minutes of the show. This is chock full of of music, but music let's get to black is love. The sound though. of love. Yes, I'm not gonna lie, it is. It is, and I'm not. This one point, I've been seeing so many videos that I actually watched a series on Instagram from a trauma, a Hispanic trauma trauma therapist. She literally went through every one of the family members that have a power. Mm-hmm. And talked about what their trauma, what their thing means. I'm like, I watched all eight parts of it, like no, ten or twelve parts. I literally sat up in late at night and I watched all of her analyzing of each character. It was ridiculous. What but about Julieta? Because I felt like she was well adjusted and didn't. Oh have no, it. but she had to do something because she said no. Those kind of people. She had her. She had what she had to say about who, um, Julieta too, because they're like those are the kind of people that everybody comes to, everyone trusts. But you know they have to be careful too because she's like, oh, they could also. Um, they could also be just too complicit to, you know, um, what's the word she used? She was saying that people like Julieta are the ones that in the family that people can come to, they run, they trust them. Um, but they also have to be careful that they're not just overburdened by everybody and that they also do some speaking up mm-hmm. because she was talking about how Julieta tried to say something, but she could have done more mm. about all the things that are going on. Cause she's like, why didn't she stop Bruno from leaving the house? Why did she, that's what she was saying. It was so many things. It's actually very interesting. I will just, I'm going to post that too. Hmm, Let's just okay. say that. Okay. A bunch of stuff I got to post for the show notes this year. Um, okay. All right. So can we get into the black love? Let's get into it, girl. Which one you want to talk what, about But first? what do you think? First, what do you think when you think of black love? Like, what does it mean to you? When someone says that. It's just, it's love. But black? <laughs> yeah, but black. Just a and joke. To be honest, like. I feel like we wouldn't even need the term black love if we the had qualifier, more, right? Yeah, if we had more representation mm-hmm. in like the media, mm-hmm. because black love is just love, but it's mm-hmm. usually between either between black people or in the in if we're talking about like a media, like a, a movie or um, TV show or a book or something, or where the main character is black, because mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't have to be between two black people, but I feel like that's usually what we 
that's usually kind of what we think of for black love. Mm -hmm. But it's really just love. Mm -hmm. But we only have the qualifier because we just we need more representation across all media. I agree. I agree. You just saying the thing. Look at you. (laughs) Loving it. Anyway. (laughs) Points. Points. Yeah, so I agree with you about that. I mean, I love love, and mm. I love seeing black love. Whitney, no, no, we're going to get on task. We're going to sing. We're not going <laughs> to sing. I mean, mm, we're not going to sing. We can get into the talk. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and so that's why I really liked what, because what, I'm just to piggyback off what you, what you said about mm. how black love is really just love. Mm-hmm. It's just love between people that happen to be brown or black. Mm-hmm. And it's because we are not depicted as much as something ordinary and mm-hmm. regular that we have to qualify it with mm-hmm. black love in the first place. Mm-hmm. But it's important for us now to really mention and talk because it's so burgeoning and we see more op- um, options. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Insecure. You've got all these movies like the movie now, like Sylvie's Love. We're, mm-hmm. less, we're going to talk about Sylvie's Love first, okay? okay? You've got all these other things coming up now and that we finally are seeing things differently. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of like... I remember when one of the impressions I got from this movie is like, one, the film w- felt like a movie from the past, like a movie that I would see in the '90s, like a Sabrina or Breakfast at Tiffany's or um, or um, what's what is it called? What's another good one? The the one with um, Julie Roberts and Richard Gere. Oh, um, Pretty Woman. Yes, something like that, where you just see, yeah, just the just the love story just blossom and it be regular, and that's how I felt about this. But I was like, wow, I'm seeing this, but with black people. Yeah, and I like that this film was one a representation of black love in the time where you would actually mostly see black pain because of the time period set mm-hmm. in like the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and that's the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and it's like everyone always feels like oh, yeah we have to put the struggle in there we have to put the black pain our trauma mm-hmm. our oppression in there of course it has to be in there somewhere mm-hmm. and that's the oscar worthiness to see the struggle no one but we are like but we live our regular lives yeah like Apart from the struggle, it's there, but we live our regular lives. We experience right. love just as regular people. And why can't we have a pretty woman moment? Why can't we have a Sabrina moment? Why can't we have a, yeah. a Breakfast at Tiffany's moment? You and know, me and Bola like talked about this like right after I watched it. But it's like we, I mean, everybody has different experiences mm-hmm. of like you know being a black person, mm-hmm. being a black person. But like, not all of us have our like. I mean. We've, we've probably, every person has probably had some type of experience mm-hmm. of this kind of, like, either insidious or outright racism or something like mm-hmm. that, that kind of trauma. But, like, it's not as prevalent as the media always depicts it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not my experience. Every day. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's it not, seems it's like not it. even, it doesn't come up very often for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I'm watching something, especially if you're watching a movie, a movie is an escape. Yes. So yes, Whitney. Why we're all we can never. That's the thing. The media like it doesn't allow us to escape the oppression. It's like it's reinforcing that this is something we must constantly have to deal with all the mm-hmm. time. And I'm like, but what if I don't want to deal? With, like, I'm not gonna lie. There's a new show out called The Underground Railroad and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was old. I thought that ended in like. Well, it was, like it's 15, newer 15. age. It's newer. Like, newer. Okay, gotcha. it's the newer one. I'm gotcha. not sure if, if it's called the Underground. It's just it's on a it's on um Amazon Journey Prime. Smollett? No, it's a newer one. Different people. Oh, yeah, oh, it's okay. on Amazon. That's why I was like, it came out like last year or something. Oh wow, okay. It's called the Underground. Something. It's about slaves. But mm-hmm. I just I'm not gonna lie to you. 
I'm not knocking that you shouldn't watch these projects, but I just me, I'm over slave dramas. I'm over it. Certain mood to watch. I'm never in the mood for a slave drama, never, because I'm like, I want to see us beyond this. It's Mm -hmm. like we can't escape this. We need to stop going back and looking how. uh, Yeah, we have issues we're facing right now. Currently, again, Black lives are still with oppression to overcome. But it's like, what? But why? Keep reliving our trauma. Thank you. We want to just. I want to just be in a sci-fi and see my black people in a sci-fi. I want to do a Black Panther. We in a place different. I just want to do that. Yes. So to me, I I don't like watching those kind of films anymore. I just don't gravitate towards them. I mean, we're both black nerds. We're blurs. Mm -hmm. It's like, we want to watch stuff that's like sci-fi, fantasy, Mm -hmm. that like features our people prominently Mm -hmm. and doesn't need to have that institutional trauma Mm -hmm. (laughs) backing it up. Like, Mm -hmm. it's there for people, but like for some people, it's more prevalent than others. So Mm -hmm. for the people where it's not like, constantly like there's yeah. like we don't want to have to be living like trauma Traumatized. every time we we watch a movie to escape <sighs> yes exactly it's like we work. can't escape the trauma even in the escape <laughs> 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 you know and i love that how reggae john paul who was one of the side characters in sylvie's love mm-hmm. he said this when it came out during the pandemic y'all um also this movie is streaming sylvie's love is stars um tessa thompson and um, Namdi, I'm not going to lie, he's Nigerian, but he's a different tribe than I am, so I struggle with Igbo names. I'm going to get the last name for you. I think it's Oswemwa. Osu- 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 I'm going to get it for you. But his first name is Namdi, and he's be- beautiful. Anyway, yes, he's he married is. to Kerry and Washington. I, yeah, and I, when I found out he was married to Kerry Washington, I was like, you get and it, he's Kerry. an NFL player, too. He played in football I for years. I saw it. I read his IMDb, and he's just, I love his voice. Yes, he's a Something beautiful. Something about the tone of Yes, his voice is just I love really voices. Nice. Voices get me. If you have an accent, and I can gauge it, I can hear it so easily. I'm like, where are you from? Mm. Anyway, but... I, it attracts me. Voices attract me. Sounds attract me. But mm-hmm. anyway, but I just love how Reggae John Paul said this, that he said that he liked doing the project because he's like, he finally saw a story where it was devoid of black pain. And mm. I mean, that thing struck me when yes. he said it. Yes. It was like, this is devoid of black pain. This is just a simple story about a man and a woman who love each other, who happen to be black, talking about what love is just about in their lives and I love that and, and I that's what I got too. from this film and that's what made me love it so much I think that this has become my all time favorite black yes, love it's beautiful. movie beautiful because like what you said it doesn't have like that institutional trauma yes it's I know just black people experience story. it as a whole on the, on the daily on, I'm not gonna lie Black people as a whole collective mm-hmm. experience trauma and issues on the daily, mm-hmm. and they always have to sh- express it. But individual lives, not every day. Mm-hmm. It's not about that all the time. We just out here trying to live our lives too. We want to love. Mm-hmm. We want. Lo- I want to love with somebody. That's not the right word. That's not the right <laughs> word. I tried that. I tried that. But um, yeah, and I I just love that this film made you feel like I felt like I was watching those movies from the nineties. That I loved watching, but it was with myself being seen, you know? And I'm going to take it back further, because for me, I mean, I know that the the setting is the 50s, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if this, what what, what decade this movie is actually from, but I I felt like it made me... Oh, yeah. I think well, it's 50s. It, well, I think Something it was 62, the but then when it oh, went okay. back, it said yeah. five years earlier, yeah. so I think that would have made it like 57 50, or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, 
you said it reminded you of the like love movies of the 90s for me this really really put me in mind of an affair to remember mm, the old actually mm-hmm. i get you the old school movies mm-hmm. no you know what you're very right because i remember i loved watching those black and white films too yeah and especially that's my film history film. classes yeah yeah and i did like those so like, and i can see like parallels because you know for people who haven't seen that movie because they you know don't watch the classics or whatever it's like a love story these people um this man and woman meet on i think it's a cruise ship and they fall in love and well, you're talking about a fair to remember and a fair to remember okay. and they decide to meet at the eiffel tower mm-hmm. and the guy goes there to meet the woman the woman never shows up mm-hmm. so then like i think it's like years later he like finds out where she's at and he like goes to her apartment to meet her and she's sitting down the entire time she actually went to meet him but she got in a car accident Mm -hmm. and she was like paralyzed from like Mm -hmm. from the waist down Mm -hmm. so she didn't like ever contact him or anything because she didn't want him to have to have the what she thought of as like the burden of having to take care of her with her like um you know being paralyzed yeah being paralyzed and i feel like i see definite parallels between that and sylvie's love because both of them they were so in love and i feel like this is like the and i can't remember what the passage what which um what the act uh, part of the bible is you know but love is patient love, love is, is kind, kind. Mm-hmm. i think it's in the new testament yeah it's in like romans i think romans 16 or mm-hmm. something and there's I'm a like, Sunday school teacher a, that's messed there's up there's a I don't line know. after that after the love is patient and love is kind but it's like both of them, this was like true love mm-hmm. because they were not concerned just for themselves. They were concerned for the other one. First, Sylvie, like, gave up. She didn't tell him that she was pregnant mm-hmm. because he was about to, his career was about to take off, and she didn't want to make him choose between mm-hmm. the baby. And our main guy was a saxophonist, and he was mm-hmm. very good. He was very good. And she didn't want to make him choose, mm-hmm. so she didn't tell him. And it was out of love. She, it was sacrifice mm-hmm. and love. Yeah, I was about to say the main theme was sacrifice. Mm-hmm. My sacrifice. <laughs> Sorry, I love that Creed song. And then song. on the opposite side, when, um, when uh, what, oh man, what was his name in the movie? Yeah, what was his name? It's sad. Robert. Yeah. Robert. Yeah, I heard it today. So when Robert, like, thinks that he gets this job at Motown, but it doesn't because this dude is just. Mm-hmm. Gave him the runaround. He was exactly. all talk. I was mad about that. Instead of telling Sylvie about the fact that he didn't get it because he wanted her to move with him mm-hmm. back to where, um, back to um, Detroit when he got it. And she was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. So when he gets back, he doesn't tell her that he doesn't, that he didn't get it. He, like, observes her because at this point she's, like, this, like, really successful producer, which, mm-hmm. as a black woman, is amazing. Very uncommon, especially was, in the time period. And plus, it was her dream to do mm-hmm. that. And so she she's became living her dream. Her dream. Mm-hmm. So he watches her doing what she loves, and he just doesn't tell her because he's, he like... He loves her so much. He, he loves sacrifices. Her. He doesn't want Love her is sacrifice. to give it up. And it's so funny because when Sylvie is talking to her cousin, she was like, why wouldn't he just tell me? She's like... I would have gone with him. And she's like, that's probably why he didn't tell you. Because he didn't want you to. Exactly. He didn't want you to give up. What you're doing. What you're, so your dream beautiful. and your love. And it's just like, it's so beautiful. It's so touching. Yeah. It really is. And because it's, it's like beautiful. true love. Like you, you love someone so much that you're you willing were willing to. Sacrifice to. your happiness with them in order for them to excel and soar. Mm-hmm. I don't know what other uh, iterations of love are stronger than that. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I just yeah, sacrifice I is really a strong I mean, component of love, I think. I will say that 
I feel like love shouldn't really be about sacrifice. No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I said oh, no, component I, of love. The oh, love is still bigger than that. I know. I know. But the fact that you are selfless enough and love that person enough to will be willing to do that mm-hmm. is like selfless love. I think is like the highest type of love. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I just also liked how there was a little bit of, like, girl power in this, especially because the time period there wasn't girl power. Mm-hmm. Um, but it showed her as a black woman succeeding. Like, and you saw that another woman of color was giving space for another woman of color yes. in a film where, in a, in a, in a um, industry that did not want us there in the first place, you mm-hmm. know? And we didn't talk about all that at outlier stuff of yeah. the racism and all that kind of stuff. There was, like, one little scene when her um, when she ended up marrying that other dude that everyone wanted her to marry, mm-hmm. and they had like a dinner like with one of his partners who was white, there yeah. was like that one part, yeah. And it, but it was so minute, and I love it because I was like, I don't want this to ruin the movie, but I don't want them to be unrealistic either, right? So right. I love that they touched on that part mm-hmm. just slightly, but it was just ever so slightly, it's like, so, so that we can be not real. Just living in a bubble, yeah. We be real. We can be. Oh yeah. These kind of off-color comments was fine for white people to make, even in the home of black people at the time. You could just come and disrespect me in my own house. No African would ever have that, <laughs> by the way. But we weren't here over here at that time, anyway. <laughs> but um. I like that they focused on, like, you saw a little bit of that girl power, that woman coming up on her own. Like, we got to see her making it, mm-hmm. becoming what she wanted to become. Mm-hmm. And I think, I guess during that time, so much changing happened in America at that time anyway, um, that women wanted to come and work. It was okay for them not to just be a housewife. Yeah. That I like so that. that just makes it like, yeah, it's just a, an extra level. One, she it just was added black, a, a layer to her. And yeah. then two, she was a black woman. And that, yes. like, that was just. In TV, and you weren't the, the talent or the item girls. Exactly. You weren't like a sex, you weren't sex just symbol. a secretary or something. You were, or in, a a secretary. Crea- you were mm-hmm. in a creative. A power position. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we power? say that? And creative, like, because that's another thing. I mm-hmm. feel like we don't always encourage our. They were both creative because he was a musician. He was. And he went after what he wanted to do, playing jazz. I feel like we don't always, like, not everyone who is a creative person in our um, community, like black people, don't always encourage their children if they do have that talent. I understand being realistic, which you should. You should be realistic, but you should also let people pursue that. Mm. I think we're doing better now, but I feel like sometimes, and you know what, it's not just us. Yeah, yeah, other cultures not, do it. It's not just You us, know, yeah. I always talk about other cultures do it a lot, especially those ones where you, you guys know I'm always talking about, um, well, you might not know this, but I'm always talking about um, Gert Hofstede's um, cultural dimensions theory. I know that's got really nerdy for you guys, <laughs> but that communication theory she talks about like the the qualities of different nations and groups mm-hmm. so that you can understand. If you understand these dimensions and where that country falls, it it kind of like tells you how the people are going to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. I watched a Nas Daily clip on uh, YouTube. I mean, on Facebook and Nas Daily is like an account you can follow. And it talked about how certain nations have characteristics mm-hmm. like America is the most smiliest. And then it kind of depicts how the people are going to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like in Finland, the he was saying how in one of those Nordic countries, how it's like a cultural thing, uh, norm to be quiet and reserved. Mm-hmm. And so that country has more introverts than not. And it's not because there are no extroverts there. It's mm-hmm. just that the nation's quality, the, the nation's quality or characteristic of quietness and reserve makes more introverts, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought that was very interesting 
Uh, why am I bringing this up again? <laughs> but I was talking about how in other collectivistic societies where the whole, the family unit is more seen and mm-hmm. more prevalent and matters more than the individual, mm-hmm. you will see these kind of things where they do not promote um, you just going off on your individualistic thing. It's like, no, you need to do what's best for this family. Mm-hmm. What's going to honor the family is you being a doctor like your dad. What's going to honor the family is you being a dentist like your dad. What is going on in the family is you joining the business. But when the kids have other dreams and things and they don't let them go. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. So, and you would think that in the movie too, that our Sylvie was going to just stay in the shop with her dad and just run the shop with them or something. And she was like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, or they, she did kind of fall in line with just become a housewife, but it was because she had the baby coming, you know? So she had to protect herself too. It's still that time period. Ain't nobody want a baby without, you know, and honestly, we got to give her the boy, the husband credit. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the main, what was his name in that? Um, Sly, was it Sly? No. Um, Lacey. Lacey. Lacey was the one that she ended up marrying. It was the one that everyone wanted her to marry, but then she met Robert and they had a summer fling. I feel fling. like it was, I don't know if it was everyone. I feel like it was mo- more her, her mother. Her mother wanted her because he looked good on, pa- on paper. He was a doctor, I think. And came from a family of doctors. Mm-hmm. So he was like, like. No, wait, uh, sorry. No, he wasn't a doctor. His father was a doctor. Okay. Because remember, he was, like, getting some type of account or something. Yeah, so that's right, like that's right. In, like, he was in business or something. or something. So he came from the right stock of black. Yes. Because her mom was very bougie. Sylvie's mom was very bougie black. And her dad was just extra regular. So I thought it was very interesting that she was. <laughs> I'm like, don't forget who you married. You married, like, a regular black dude. Just, just chill. <laughs> Why are you being so high sedity? But okay. But her mom wanted her to, because she's like the prim proper, I teach elocution and etiquette lessons, <laughs> you know, and she wanted Sylvie to have the right match, which is fine. And I like that they showed that. There's mm-hmm. the bougie black, y'all. It's everywhere. Yeah. We have them. Some people call me that sometimes. I'm not always like that, but sometimes. We have that too. Well, I mean, they're not always bougie, but it is like, it's it's also part of our culture in some place. Yeah. Like, I... I don't know what it was called. It, so it was a Sisters United. I forgot what it was called, but it wasn't exactly a cotillion, but we did have to do like dancing like and, stuff. Dance and stuff like that. And my mom had like a similar thing when she was young too. Mm. So like, it's a Southern thing. I think, I think you're right. It's, a it's southern, definitely it's a, the a cotillion, southern. all that kind of stuff is definitely a Southern thing. So you would see more. So people living in the South doing that than mm-hmm. people in the North mm-hmm. or other regions. Uh, pageantry and all that kind of stuff is very I high. Mean, it wasn't exactly pageantry, but it is kind of. No, like I'm just a, talking about in general. Oh, debutante. That's what it is. All of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the mom, I like that they showed that she was a different type of black woman, but they wanted her to marry Lacey, and she did. And I'm, I have to give him credit because not a lot of black men are gonna accept a woman that they know they didn't sleep with. And the well, baby, I mean, she's not pregnant. Sleep with her, but he knew he didn't sleep with her in order to have that child. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But like, I'm just saying, like, they know that. Hey, I didn't do that. Yeah, you know, right, right. and they wouldn't take it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like that he married her anyway because he loved her too. He did. He did. He was like, I love he you. Did. And, and like, she just I took like, it. Because to be honest, like through the mood, like when we did finally meet Lacey, I was kind of like, eh. yeah, I wasn't feeling him that much. I wasn't feeling him either. But, but I didn't but think he was they, a bad man. When they broke up. And he said, I didn't marry you because it was, like, the noble thing to do. I married you because I loved you. Mm. I was like, okay, this is actually a good dude, but they're just not right for each other. Yes, exactly. She was in love with Rob. Robert was the one for her. They both they were still so in love. They each other. Yeah. And they believed in each other because, like, the I problem, like seeing that, too. That the, was beautiful to watch. was beautiful. Because the problem with her and Lacey, he loved her. And I feel like she loved him in a way, just not, mm-hmm. like, in love mm-hmm. with him. 
was that like he said when they broke up he was like i didn't want you to be the woman of my dreams i just wanted to be the man of yours but it's like if you really loved her, why don't you know that this is her dream? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you support her in you her dream? You didn't want a you wife just, that worked. You just you just railroaded over mm-hmm. her dreams and aspirations. Yeah. That part where you could see that they had different values and visions mm-hmm. of of life and that's that stuff's so important to talk out even when you're considering who getting with anybody mm-hmm. you need to find that stuff out early because mm-hmm. if they have a different expectation and you're trying to find out after y'all tied them whoo you in for some stuff from. yes mm-hmm. you're in for some stuff because when you want to do this or do that and then they're not supportive or they're yeah. like i don't want you to do that or like There's you marry someone what some wanting a housewife or one yeah. housewife. You just got to let me know because I'm problem. not that housewife for you. Yeah, you because know? there's only a problem if that's not who they are. That, be- exactly. That's what I'm saying. I was like, that's I always tell people to be honest with me. Tell me these things about you right now. Mm-hmm. You a sex freak. You a this, that. You a what and the <laughs> Tell me these things that you don't like monogamy. Tell me these things now because then I can be like, oh, okay. I'm not for you. I'm from not for you. Disparity oh. between expectations. Exactly. Yeah, like, I'm up front with my stuff. I like to get it out in the open early okay mm-hmm. i let somebody know do you want to do this are you this are you th- let us let us know now mm-hmm. so i don't have to be you know i'm not gonna lie even though as much as jerky as some guys have been since we're talking about black love mm-hmm. as jerky as some guys have been in my experience with some of them and their expectations because sometimes women get tired of men that just want to have sex with them and that's it like it's like, I'm tired of, of that. It's like, okay, we know that's what you're thinking about. Okay, but I'm just trying to get to know you. Like, stop talking about this, that, and the third, and I asked you, what are your hobbies? And you're talking about sexual things. Like, well, it's annoying. I, mean, I think that's a clue for you, Bella. Thank it, yes, that's, that's, that's it. Thank you, next. But it gets irritating, <laughs> but you're right. Put it up front, so mm-hmm. now I know what I'm dealing with, and I'm like, okay, I can decide. You're not for me. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with you because you. this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You do you. But don't do you with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I just get to the bottom of that. And I'm, I prefer men talk about this kind of stuff mm-hmm. early. Like, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, I want to see other women. I want to be in an open relationship. I don't mm-hmm. want children. All that kind of stuff. Let a chick know early. So you can find a fish in the sea that is for thee, you know? <laughs> I like that. I like that. Because it ain't me. <laughs> that was the third one. Oh, yeah. Right. Your girl is doing it. Rhyming, oh, rhyming. <laughs> and anyway, so back to the, the movie, Sylvie's Love. I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It had this nostalgic feel, and it had a nuanced wonderful. feel at the same time. And I was just like in awe of it. It's, mm. I'm not going to lie. Of the two, it's my favorite. It is, it is. And I, I, love, her, I love her superior for me. Too, Mona Lisa. Yes, yes, that was Aja. Uh, she was very, very good. If you guys know, um, she played one of the characters on, um, she played the black lady, uh, the black girl on um, How to Kill, How to Murder, How, how to Get Away with Murder. That TV series by Shonda Rhimes, mm. Viola Davis. She was one of the, the black girl, her name was Aja Naomi King, I think. Oh, and snap, that was her. Um, she she was, was also in Boxing Day that I talked about last time. I hope you guys watched that. That's yeah, also on Amazon Prime. <laughs> anyway. Now I'm trying to think of her name because... I, oh, ju- I just said it. I just Naomi no, King. No, I'm talking about her character's name on How to Get Away Yeah, I don't remember. Because I watched that show. I enjoyed that show. Yeah, but well, she I was mean, on I there. Love Davis, and so. I love... you. Know, everybody knows Reggae John Paul from Bridgerton, and that's my sexy. <laughs> I'm just, he's on my list. Y'all, he's on my list. I'm so excited for the new season. Yes, but he's not going to be in it. 
I know, but I'm still excited. Yeah, I, feel like I got over my hatred a, of like him not Shonda being there. Show, the, the second season is still going to be awesome. I do too. And then the the, the girl from Sex Education, um, the Indian girl Simone, she's going to be on it. So she's like the main interest for the other brother. So I'm like very excited to see what they're going to do. Which other brother? So you know, each Bridgerton series is like each book is about one of the oh, Bridgerton series. I know, but siblings. I'm asking which one. So the oldest brother, who's the annoying pricky one. And, uh, and, and Anthony. 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 Yeah, Anthony's going to be the main purpose of this this season. And so Simone is his love interest okay. in the series. So, I mean, no spoilers, but it's not really a spoiler, but she's the love interest, really. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see what happens because, you know, they could go either way. I don't know. I'm excited to see Bridgerton, too. Me, too. Um, And so the diversity is just flowing. I like it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so do are we ready to rate um Sylvie's love? Know, yeah. I think we're ready. Um, I give Sylvie's love uh, nine glasses and a monocle. I don't really have any problem with it. It's, I don't know about ten fully, but I'm going to give it a monocle and nine glasses and a monocle. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I am going to give it ten broken glasses because I'm slamming these ga- glasses down because it's a mic drop moment for me, y'all. Did you just say... 10 broken glasses like yeah because i took these glasses and i slammed them down why are we breaking because it's a mic drop so but i don't you know they're glasses so not mics so i slammed them and they're broken now okay okay 10 glasses y'all 10 glasses all right so we got enthusiastic 10 glasses all right (laughs) (laughs) we got nine glasses and a monocle from me and 10 almost a perfect score honestly I'm just more critical than Whitney is. I think the average in that (laughs) case is nine glasses, a monocle, and a contact lens. All right, y'all. Hey. (laughs) I'll have to actually do some actual math to just double check that, but I feel like that's what it is. I love that, a contact lens. (laughs) (laughs) That's our point two five. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was our take on Sylvie's Love. Um, Awesome movie. You guys watch it, please. Oh my gosh, yes. Check it out on Amazon Prime. Yes. Excellent. It's excellent. excellent. It's excellent film. It's a wonderful representation of black love. Mm-hmm. And on this black love day, well, just this love day, Valentine's Day, I hope you guys watch it mm-hmm. after you listen to this. Um, or before you listen to this. <laughs> um, and now we're going to go on to our second one, the sci-fi film. You want yes. to tell them about that, Whitney? Sure. Needle in a Time Stack. Which is a great title, actually. It is. It's really interesting. Because it's a play on an actual like idiom or phrase that we yeah, already have. Yeah, yeah. But this one was interesting because I felt like, I mean, on the surface, it's a love story similar to Sylvie's love. But when you really get into it, I feel like it's about different types of love. Mm. Not, mm. It's like romantic love is not exactly the main, main type. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really about different types of love. Mm. Because by the end, um, is it Nick? Yeah, Nick is the main character. Nick. Mm-hmm. Nick, is, well, okay, let me just talk about the beginning. I feel like in the beginning, Nick is not a very empathetic person. He's no. kind of an asshole in some way, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Uh, asshole is kind of strong. He just loves his woman and don't, no one, don't want nobody to take her. This is true. And I appreciate that. But he's also like, he's, okay. In some ways, he's still an asshole, though. But he's he's just not empathetic. Like, it happened two times. You remember we both commented on it because, like, when he was with, um... Well, wait. What, what's your first impression of this movie? Let's go there first. So it is. It's very hard to nail down like an overhanging drama. I mean, mm-hmm. genre for it because it is like you know sci-fi fantasy because of the time travel thing. 
Um, probably more sci-fi with mm. the since they had like an actual Time. mechanism mm-hmm. for doing it, but also romance. There is a bit of romance in there. I feel like romance was more understated. Yeah. Than, but it's hard to say what it is because since it's like it's still about love but a different type. So I don't know what you would say that genre is. I would say this is a sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. It's just a different type of sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. Now, hear me out on this. Um, how I feel like I'm glad we picked both of these films because mm-hmm. they are both new representations of black love mm-hmm. for us that where Sylvie's love was just about showing black love devoid of pain, Mm -hmm. just as we are. And honestly, black ordinariness so that we can become ordinary on screen, not to have to have this qualifier. Right. Mm. But here you have another instance of black love or black people in a a romantic situation in a realm where you don't really see black people in a lot of sci-fi films. Mm -hmm. So I like that this represent this black love was in another genre that we are not always represented in. Mm -hmm. And that I thought was very, very cool. It was about this. And I, that's when it gets some more points for me for that particular thing. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you, Whitney, this particular movie was not only about just love or romantic love. Mm -hmm. This one was about love in different forms because of the different relationships with the main characters that Mm -hmm. we saw that we saw. Um, and so I, I did enjoy this movie. Um, I I did, I did enjoy it because it made you think. I felt like, I mean, even though kind of like the inciting incident was, was based off of kind of the romantic love to me, the, the type of love that stood out more was like kind of the friendship. Mm. because like when like I was saying Nick kind of lacked em- well, not kind of he lacked empathy at the beginning because mm. like his friend the dude who's like a rich dude um, oh and a character Tommy Tommy who, I, who he had a falling out with because Tommy was married to his uh <laughs> his current wife mm-hmm. um what was Cynthia Erivo's character's name Janine Janine mm, Janine Janine mm-hmm. so Tommy was married to Janine, and they divorced, and then um, Nick Met married Janine. So it's like, Nick is all, you know, had a falling out with Tommy, and he's all up in arms and stuff. It's like, oh, but dude, he actually had her first, so that makes it a little bit questionable mm-hmm. <laughs> on your part, because it's like, were you hitting on her? You probably weren't, but it does bring that question up in most people's minds, like... Mm. How did well, you take my he, wife? Yeah, did you take her, or were you got? Were they really done? But he said he did. Well, he. Cl- I'm not gonna lie. Nick claimed in the beginning. He said it all the time that he's like, I didn't even bother with you until you. He's like, I didn't even come at you or meet you until you guys were already divorced. It's just that they met through him because mm-hmm. that was his wife in the beginning, right? So, and again, it has something to do with like what I. I feel like this movie wasn't was trying to explain love, but it just kind of showed. He was Nick was Showed super love. jealous. Like each time, like he was he jealous was. over um Jimmy's relationship I think he was afraid. with Tommy. And then when they had like the time shift, and he was with um what was his old girlfriend's name? Alex. Alex. He was jealous of her relationship with Tommy. He was just yeah. always jealous. He was jealous of Tommy. Tuesday, uh, rule jealousy will drive you. Will drive you. Okay, well no. let's put some context with this. <laughs> Needle in the time sack is about. Um, a couple of friends, um, a couple in particular, but a couple of friends as well, um, where in a time, in this time, time travel is not only plausible, it's there and it is controlled and it is only like people that have a lot of money that really go back in time Mm -hmm. and they are allowed to do things and change things. Mm -hmm. There is something as like time crime, but it's like, no, you can literally go back and change time and then you're 
present will change. Mm -hmm. And that was what his main fear was. Like, he did not want to forget because I feel like with Nick, he knows that Janine is his love. Like, that's his person. Mm -hmm. And he did not want to lose him to Tommy. And Tommy was going back in time and changing things. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to actively get Janine back. So that that whole thing was another thing entirely. Now, I had always felt like Tommy was just malicious. And I thought he was like, not malicious, but I thought, well, what, what would be the word for this? Because something he's doing something that's not right. So to yeah. me, that's why I was like, this is a malicious thing you're doing. You're using time to go back to get her back when you guys amicably divorced. Like, she said no. Like, she told you that. She came at you like, I'm done with you, but you're trying to go back and meddle uh, with things. It's not right. It's considered amicable if it's not on both sides. I feel like no, he I mean, didn't like, want to let her go. Not, but they both divorced anyway. It's like, yeah. there's no point in being but with I'm somebody who doesn't want to be with you. I feel like amicably means that they both agreed to separate and I feel like on his side he was like he never wanted to actually let her go. Okay, I that's fine. That's all like needles and pick that's nitpicking, but I got you. I got you. <laughs> I will use a different word. However, she they got a divorce. Mm-hmm. So you can't be mad at Nick for swooping it in when you guys didn't work. It didn't work for her anyway. Sorry for you, but it didn't work for her. I feel like you probably can be mad. He can, but it's too bad, okay? It's too bad. But when you think <laughs> about, like, move on. you know, bros before hoes, chicks before dicks, then, <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to feel some type of way. Yeah, yeah, your best friend getting with her. I understand. Yeah, so from that standpoint, I understand you, Tommy. I almost like Tommy was in the way, though. It looked like they were, okay, so let's go back. Let's go to this phrase. They kept saying this. Um, by the way, Needle in a Time Sack is actually based off of a short story. The director of this film is called John Ridley. He worked on Red Tails and a bunch of other stuff. He wrote comics for Black Panther. All this. He does a lot of things. Huh. And he decided to work on this. And I remember watching his videos, mm-hmm. and I did send them to Whitney to watch. Um, I might just have to, yeah, I did text you those. Yeah. You probably didn't watch them, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'll post them in the show notes for you guys um, so you can hear what the what he was saying. But he was talking about how he liked, it was only an 11-page short story that he had read. Mm -hmm. And then he said he liked that what this movie did. It talked about love, but it didn't try to explain love. Mm -hmm. And it didn't try to explain the time-traveling aspects. Mm -hmm. It just put it in there. And it was all in 11 pages. But he kept saying this phrase that that they kept saying in the movie. Mm -hmm. Love is drawn in in a form of a circle. Mm -hmm. No one knows where it begins, Mm -hmm. and it never really ends. Mm -hmm. You and I, we are just forever. Always and always, mm-hmm. right? And so, I love that. I, I just, I'm not gonna lie, I just I really love that phrase, right? And so, this phrase is like, to me, it's it's uh, it's something that we first see St- Stacey Arrivo's character Janine mm-hmm. saying to him because in this time period, you can actually like upload your memories so that you, will f- you won't forget because people can forget because people are going back in time to change stuff. Mm-hmm. So like when they had a first flash wave that I was like, yo, what's this water coming at them? Yeah, it's a very like butterfly effect. Yeah. Thing. Like, it takes a while for it to fully set. Yes. And they had a dog memories. named Charlie. And then for some reason, when they came back to the house, the dog changed to a cat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hold up. And so these kind of things happen. And I just think it's so funny that they managed to monopolize, like to commoditize your memories in this. It was like, Oh, <laughs> let me make a, b-. and then they ended up saving like a, f- he put all his memories up there and they only saved like this little mega bit. Love it. <laughs> it was so irritating to me. It's like, how would he know what this is? It's just like a little blurry flash of a memory. And I'm like, but you, he paid a lot of money for you guys to s- upload his memories. <laughs> so he would remember who's important. That's just a side thing of the show, but um, yeah. that particular phrase meant to me 
was almost like a honing device for both of them. Mm. It was almost like she was like, no, you're my person because it's like we're in this circle thing together. Yeah. And I feel like the movie was talking about that overall. You don't know where it begins and it never ends. So even though they didn't start where they originally did, Mm -hmm. you don't know exactly. And it's like, but they kept going back to each other Mm -hmm. based off of what Nick did. Nick ended up. Okay. So Nick, he just knew that Tommy was going back in time to change him, to break mm. them up. Yeah. And unfortunately, he was right. <laughs> so he was kind of paranoid, right. but he was rightly so. <laughs> he was right. But then he was like, he was taking it to like this whole other level. He was like, but I, I, well, maybe I should go back in time and do something to Tommy. And, mm. and then Janine is like, uh, you sound kind of scary right now. Right. Sounds like you want to like kill him. Mm-hmm. And then it's interesting because you get to like the middle to end of the movie after Tommy successfully changes it so that he's still with Janine mm-hmm. and um and Nick is with his old girlfriend Alex and you see Tommy like on the phone with Alex cuz they're they're kind of each other's people. They like mm-hmm. tell each other about their problems and stuff. And when he gets off the phone with Alex, um Janine is like, uh, "Whoa, what's going on?" He's like, "Um one of my friends is having a hard time. I'm not sure if they're going to make it." He mm-hmm. was like, I really thought that they were made for each other. I wanted them to be happy. Mm-hmm. So it's like Nick had this thing where he was like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to F him up. Mm-hmm. And even though Tommy wanted and he Janine won Janine back, back, which, you know, he did what he, he was in love. He tra- he did what he did to try to get her back, but he wasn't trying to harm his friend. He just yeah. wanted her back and he still wanted his former friends to still be happy though. Yeah, I agree. And then, it's so interesting because then Alex, his girlfriend that after Tommy t- changes the timeline, he's still with her. Actually, I think he ma- he was married to her. Yeah, he made it so that they were married. Yeah. So, like, she's talking about, and then he's, like, jealous the same way he was jealous with um, Janine. When with Alex her, ended up being his new them, wife. Like, it's so crazy. And it's like, it's like another thing with, like, what Janine was saying, that it, like, it never ends. Mm-hmm. She was like, just because she's no longer with Tommy, that doesn't mean that she may have stopped, like, like she said, caring about him. It's still a type yeah. of love. She still loves him. She's not in love with him anymore, but she's mm. not going to, you don't just, I mean, some people might, but you, that you don't just cut that type of thing uh, off. If you're not like, if you're not like bitterly, bitterly irreconcilable, mm-hmm. like you guys are not hating each other, mm-hmm. then you would still have some kind of feeling of something for that person. Right. Yeah. So it's like for her, she's like, yeah, I went to talk to him. I was married to him for some years. Yeah. So yeah, I went to go talk to him. But not in the way you think. And, and he just was like, why would you get... Yeah, so Nick yeah, was off the chain. Off the handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the whole, the black portion of it. Um, So Orlando Bloom and Frida Pinto play Tommy and Alex, which are the other two people. Mm-hmm. And the main two is Janine and Nick, played by Leslie Odom Jr., who was in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what I'm talking about, he played Aaron Burr mm-hmm. greatly, by the way. My and then... Aaron Burr, sir. Yes, I know. <laughs> What's that one song he's like, I'm going to wait for it. Oh, my God. I love that song. Anyway. And then Stacey Arrivo, who you know for many things. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Anyway, let's not get into Hamilton because I will sing all those songs forever. (laughs) If we get into Satisfied, I'm really going to like Oh, my God. That is my favorite song. Yes. If we get into that, I'm going to have an issue. So let's not. (laughs) Okay. Because I love all of Hamilton. Mm. Anyway, but that's Lin-Manuel for you. Bruno Uh, Hamilton got me me, like stuck. And Moana. 
Moana. Like, I hadn't realized that. Yeah. And before Encanto, Moana was like my favorite modern Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And now it makes sense. He's just a genius. Like, yeah, now Encanto is kind of coming out there. I wanted genius. to change my rating for Encanto, actually. Because <laughs> now I'm just like, yo, this movie is a 10. Let me not even front. I gave it like an 8. And I'm like, nah, this movie is a 10. Anyway, but Leslie Odom Jr. Jr. is um plays Nick. And then Stacey Arrivo, Arrivo plays Jim. Thank you. Why mm-hmm. did you say Stacey? Cynthia Arrivo plays uh, Janine. Now, what I do really you felt think? Like she wasn't in the movie as much as I expected. Not gonna lie, she was not to me. Mm-hmm. But she was not to me because I. But I guess it's still cool. Cool because Nick was the main person. He, w- he now, was. He do really you was. think them having the two black people be the leads affected this film to you in any way? Like, did it? Did you get? Did you read it differently? Did you get feel anything different while you were watching this? What do you think, Whitney? I feel like I mean. It's still a black love story, sort of, because they were kind of like that's that's who he felt like was his per like his his true love was Janine. Mm-hmm. Nick thought was his true love, but then there were also other relationships. Yeah, in there, because Nick's Nick's sister who was in the called um oh, yeah. she was Asian. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting too. And that Frida Pinto is Indian, mm-hmm. and Orlando Bloom is white. And then you have the two. So it's like it's very diverse cast for the main people. I really liked that that, that mm-hmm. aspect. It made it very mm-hmm. interesting. And it's interesting because like that's kind of like like we said, like I said, the the inciting incident was around their love and Tommy wanting to get her back. But really, it's about a lot of different types of love. And I felt like the other types really took more for me, stuck with me more. Yeah, but what about the black, the, the fact of them being black? Because I remember that's the question I asked you. So what do you think? Because I could see this film being a film like I feel like in previous times I would see instead of Stacey Revo and Leslie Odom, I would see like, I don't know, Ryan Reynolds and like Jennifer, not, not Jennifer, um, Kate Hudson or something. I would see Ryan Reynolds no, I'm just apartment. saying like I'm just throwing out white actors. <laughs> I was just like, okay. I feel like I would see those people in here, mm-hmm. not who I have seen. Mm-hmm. Not, not these two. So, what do you think about them occupying this space, or what do you think about this film being them being the because we are talking about black love here? I what does like, it say I about mean, black love? I we guess are looking talking about black love, but I feel like this film is leaning more into just the love. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, technically, you would call it black love, but I feel like these are the films that we would just see and not even think to say black love if we had more of them. Mm-hmm. With it not if we had more representation. Which is why I like that they chose to do that mm-hmm. to make to lead the leads the black black people. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it's not like it's not like a focus on the fact that they are black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're they just people. They happen. They're people, and, and that they happen goes, to be black. And that goes back to what the um. I'm really gonna make sure I, r- I have the right video and post that because the um director John Ridley. I don't know if he wrote the script too, but he was saying that that was the thing he wanted to show because mm-hmm. he was like, we need to occupy a space we haven't been and show more representation of it. But he was just like, he wanted to showcase them the ordinariness of black, black people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they can be ordinary. We can just be here. Like you said, let us just be in the space. Like, Oh, they're just people. They're mm-hmm. Nick and Janine. Right. Not just, Oh, they got to be black or something. It's something. Right. No, they're just the people mm-hmm. in the film. And I really like that it's almost showing the evolution, an evolution, I guess, or the beginning of one, or transformation in how we think and see mm-hmm. that, like, oh, finally, maybe we can begin to think about. Remember, I kept saying before how it's like in Hollywood before, if you wanted to change a character, like, 
here's what I would say. White people could just be anybody mm-hmm. when it comes to film. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to change that person to black it ha- or any other race, it mm-hmm. had to be thought of. Mm-hmm. It can't just be like, oh, yeah, I could see any old character in that role. Mm-hmm. I could see Ryan Reynolds. I could see Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. I could see anybody. But if it was to be like the whole shaft, like like the whole James Bond thing, when everyone was talking about Aegis Alba being mm-hmm. James Bond, then it became a thing. But any other white actors, they were going to be like, oh, yeah, I could see that. Oh, yeah, maybe him. Maybe him. There was no discussion. Mm-hmm. But when somebody brought up Idris Elba, even the the person who originally wrote mm-hmm. James Bond was like, um, he's too urban, which is just mean like, I never meant for 007 to be black. Mm-hmm. That's what he was saying. <laughs> even I'm though, sorry, why I not? I thought about, um, what's his name? The good, one of your husbands, um, the comedian. Trevor Noah. <laughs> Did he do it about James Bond? He's like, where is he? There he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's my husband, Trevor Noah. <laughs> we should put that clip in there. That was funny. <laughs> I mean, you got to find that one for me. Um, but that's what I'm saying. So it's like white people could, that's what that, I, don't, I hope white people get this. We're not trying to bash or anything, but I'm just saying it's like, even in representation and film and all that. I remember I used to like want to write stuff mm-hmm. and fantasy literature. And I remember I only thought of white characters mm. because I didn't think about black people being in the fantasy. Mm. And I remember thinking about like how messed up that is really mm. in my mind that yeah. I would not like, I would think of my stories and things I wrote mm-hmm. and all the characters are white mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Back in the day, like back in the early days of writing in like writing fan fiction mm-hmm. and writing regular stories. Mm-hmm. When I started coming up with stuff in, in college, I remember all my characters were white mm-hmm. and there was cause I wanted to do fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why didn't I think to add some black people into this? Yeah. And then I remember for the first time, because I was like, I don't see any Nigerian alternative black girls like me mm-hmm. in anything. And I changed my thinking. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't see any Indians. I don't see any Asians. And I wanted to think of a different story mm-hmm. that was more inclusive of other people. Mm-hmm. I remember the moment that happened to me. And I was like, yes, this is what I should be thinking. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show the conditioning we had from the beginning. Right. Like all these films, like even a, a film like Sylvie's Love, mm-hmm. we it's normal for us to see uh, Julia Roberts and Richard Gere doing this, mm-hmm. not us, mm-hmm. not uh, Denzel Washington and, and, and Cicely Tyson or those kind of people. Mm-hmm. That's not what we would normally see. So I feel like th- what this film is doing... I feel like it's a paradigm shift. Almost. Yes, thank you. It's a shift. It's the beginning of a shift, a transformation. That's one of the things I liked about this film. Like, mm-hmm. even if you are somebody who watches and you don't really like, I don't really like this film. But what it doing for black love to be depicted as in just ordinary and regular, I think love. it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. just love, and it helps to set that tone that mm-hmm. you guys need to be used to just seeing us being here. Mm-hmm. Not that oh, this character is not supposed to be black. Why can't they be black? Mm. This character's supposed to be Indian. Why can't they be Indian? I mean, you know what I mean? Why can't they be some other race? They're, why can't this person play this person? Mm-hmm. Why can't that person play? Let's, mm-hmm. All the traditionally white roles, like, oh my God, Shakespeare's this. They can't have, no. Why can't somebody else of color, anybody who just fits mm-hmm. the role for what, this new reiteration of the story, why can't they occupy that? And it's kind of interesting, like what you said about his sister being Asian. Yeah. Like, they never we explained that. were so surprised. That. <laughs> but then I was kind of like, I really want them to explain this. Yes, Like, exactly. with somebody, like, a foster kid, with somebody adopted. And, and I, I love I, that I they also, didn't. Yeah, I did. I love that they, they didn't. They are like, no. These She's just here. This is his sister. This is his sister. Because you only hear her voice all the time in the mm, beginning. Right. You just hear her voice, and I was like, oh, I hope we get to meet Zoe one mm. day. Uh, right, Zoe? Yeah, Zoe was her name. And really then you see her, and I was like, oh, well, yeah. dang. 
and that's interesting. That's why I went back to the other relationships other than Nick and Janine's being more interesting because like Zoe had what was Zoe's best friend? Sib- I think Sibella. 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 Okay. She was a Portuguese. Yeah. And lady, and they didn't speak English, and I was just like. How are you best friends with someone who you don't communicate with? That's just another statement about love altogether, about how love transcends language yes. and stuff. Because and then like how Whitney, yeah. I, how I, can you I be friends with a best friend with someone you can't speak the same language? I, didn't understand I was like, either. were you using but Google Translate the whole time? Does Google exist in this world? <laughs> but like, it's interesting because during one of the like in the original, I think it was in the original timeline before the shift happened. Zoe, um, Zoe's best friend, Sabella, you said? Yeah, Sibella? something something like that. Sorry if we're saying it wrong, yeah. but it is a Portuguese She dies. Name. And yes. then, like, Zoe cleans out her entire savings in order to go, go back, back in time. and save her from dying. save her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the entire time through the movie that we actually see Zoe or hear her and stuff, it's like, is this your girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, it's. We it's thought we thought maybe they were in a were like related. a um, same sex relationship. So but that's like, what I assumed. It appeared that they weren't actually, but I feel like it was like their relationship went beyond just. I mean, they were best friends, but it's like it was another type of love. Like yeah. she loved her so much that she went back in time to save mm-hmm. her, and it's like it's interesting because because they never talked about that. It might not actually be romantic love. Yeah, it she wasn't. Just it was I love this, this woman person. as a person. So much. It's not a romantic. It's not sexual. It's nothing. It's just I love this person, mm-hmm. and I can feel that. I have friends I that I love so much too. Yeah. So I understood that once I got and over I it, I was it. like, and I found it like really of interest. Yeah. That they like they went, went to, that, into like, that. It's like a filial love because if you look at the Greeks, have four words for love mm-hmm. than we do. We only have one word, but they recognize the different kinds of love. The only one I remember. They have eros. eros, and then they have filio, and then mm-hmm. there's like another two. One's like servant love. Mm-hmm. I used to know all of them. Forgive me. Over 30 brain is hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and so they have multiple words for love because mm-hmm. they recognize that there's a different type of love. Like filio right. is brotherly love, mm-hmm. which would kind of be that love between them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I like that they did that. I like that did we didn't get all this explaining. I found it, it, I was found it even more interesting th- Zoe's relationship with her best friend than like Nick and Janine's to be honest. And I loved it. I just did not. It was in my mind. I'm like, how are you friends with someone you guys don't speak the same language? Yeah. But it it worked for them. It worked. And then like by the end, like so I felt like so this is another movie that had like a kind of a theme of sacrifice too. Yes. Because yes. but there's other two other healings that two other um I said two other healings <laughs> two other um themes that you mentioned you mentioned healing and you mentioned empathy. When yeah. you're looking at this, um, and that's what for I was the other kind of going to is like I said. I said near the beginning when we started talking about it that Nick was lacked empathy in the beginning because mm-hmm. he was always like talking about how Tommy like thinks he's all this and that and whatnot. And when Tommy shifts the timeline so that um, Nick is married to Alex, mm-hmm. and then he gets Janine, mm-hmm. and like Alex is like talking to Tommy. She's like his best friend, I would mm-hmm. say. And apparently that was from the beginning. We don't know what happened to Alex in the re- in the original timeline because mm-hmm. they never talked about her. I guess. Yeah, they never talked about Alex in the beginning, beginning. Yeah. But, like, she talks to Tommy all the time. And, like, Nick is once again all jealous and stuff. And she's like, well, he's really insecure. He's not who you think he is. He was mm-hmm. like... He's worth, you know, he she had all this money. Empathy for yeah, him. she's like, he had all this money. He's not just this rich kid that is okay. And he never knew if people liked him for him mm-hmm. or just because they mm-hmm. had money. He was like, 
Tommy insecure? Yeah. He would what does cry he on your shoulder? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was a really dick thing to say. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm glad you pointed out because I remember I didn't think much of it except for the fact that I'm like, I understand why he would think that way because people all think that way of rich people all the time. But I'm like, all right, dude. I didn't think much of it as you yeah. said. But you're right. It showed money, something. I mean, money doesn't solve all your problems. Exactly. <laughs> and I like that um, he clued into that and was like, you know what? Um, I think you and Alex would be better suited for each other because mm-hmm. she always had empathy mm-hmm. and like uh, she, and she ha- uh, caring for you. She noticed things that nobody else did about, about Tommy. Mm-hmm. Like, and he was like, I feel like Tommy probably was also very insecure I mean, about wanted, his friendships. He wanted to get um, Janine back, but I feel like he was also bitter about the fact that he lost his friend. Yeah, because he was insecure about his friendships because he was the rich one. Mm-hmm. He never knew if everyone liked him because he had all this money. Or and if they were just, you know, yeah. they're really there for him. And, and so I like what Nick did in the end. It's like he recognized because of all the issues that were going on between him wanting to go back to get Janine and Alex. And, the, you know, because after a while, it's like they had a moment where they remembered when everything changed. But they had a moment when they remembered. Mm-hmm. But then all that would fade and then he just fell into the life with Alex. Mm-hmm. But something was off with him. He was like, there's, it goes back to that missing. cycle of love thing. But anyway, going back to what Nick did, I like when Nick decided to go back into the past mm-hmm. and spend all his money. I like that he went back and spoke into Tommy. Mm-hmm. And he told him like a truth that he's like, yeah, it wasn't really about your money. It, like, it made him secure. It made him a happier we're person. Friend, we're your friends because of you, not because we don't care about your money. We don't care who your dad is. Mm-hmm. And, and that changed Tommy. Back, he did. That he, changed Tommy. He was not the the CEO of his dad's company mm-hmm. when he came back. He wasn't back like to a prickish because Tommy was a little prickish, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not he had too a chip much. On his shoulder, but yeah, he had he a did. reason for it. Nobody had told him that before. And you saw when he told him that on the beach, you saw his face, his face just change. Like he needed to hear that. Yes. He yes. needed to hear that because no one had ever told him that. And he was never sure. Yes. And even like he was like, oh, he knows that we like him for that. He was like, are you sure? Because mm-hmm. you always talk about Tommy like he was all this always this prick. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really sound like you. He didn't know. Him. Yeah, exactly. And so. That kind of thing, I, I, I just like that he went back and did that. He was really trying to make sure that he did. Alex and, and Tommy like got together, but he repaired Tommy. He, he did. healed Tommy in a way. He did, but I also like that he took personal responsibility. Yes. Because it wasn't just Tommy. He recognized that it was also in him. how he treated him. He was yes. like, you keep giving and we just take. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's been. We don't like we don't acknowledge the fact that you keep giving to us these things mm-hmm. and we just take. We don't mm-hmm. like offer really anything in return. Yeah. And it's like, thank you. Yes. Tommy had been a dick with the thing going back in time and stuff, but he he wanted someone. Cynthia. I mean, sorry. Janine cared about him he wanted someone who truly cared about mm-hmm. him and he wanted that back mm-hmm. and he, his friends are gone like nobody yeah. stayed in touch with Tommy yeah. he lost all of that's it a good everybody point. that's he, why he wanted Janine back yeah, I just realized why you're saying lost, it he lost Nick he lost the two random people Tate and Donna Tate and <laughs> he Donna. kept saying like, we didn't see really. for him it's like oh nobody really actually cared about me except for, for Janine. Janine no wonder he was always trying to get her back Whitney, you better go with it. <laughs> I just realized that in the past. I just thought he just wanted her back out of conquest and, you know, male, you know, territorialness. And, you know, that's what I really like. like. I just he's like, I still love her. Mm-hmm. I want her back. Mm-hmm. But it's really because of that. Mm-hmm. She felt he felt like she was the only one that cared about him mm-hmm. and not his monies. Mm-hmm. I got it now. Yeah. Ooh, that's deep. That's deep. Ooh, it that's is. deep. 
And it's so interesting because I feel like even though it wasn't the original timeline, I mm. felt like it was the best timeline when he went back and changed yes, it. Yes, it because was. Because when you, like, in the original timeline, Kate and Donna, I think it was, mm-hmm. they were breaking up. Yep, yep. But then when the timeline changes, they were still together. They were having they were a have family, a yes. Like, so it's like the timeline, he sacrificed because he was miserable He sacrificed for a while himself. Because yeah. he hadn't met Janine yet, and that was his love. That was the person who was going to, like you know his his true love so he hadn't met her yet so he was miserable his sister noticed it everybody could see yeah it. that part i felt like was really like that one was where i was like man this is really tough because he really looked like sh-. they kept really saying did. in the movie that he looked <laughs> he like did. shit he and he really did look like shit and <laughs> i was did. like dude what happened i was like well so we, you just sat in alone this whole time did you not allow yourself to love i don't know what he did but he just became this sad I feel person like maybe he didn't allow himself i think maybe he was like holding, holding out, out for, for her. her yeah and then the movie ends and then somewhere and, even though he didn't remember it like mm-hmm. somewhere in his in his soul his psyche somewhere he knew what he had lost so maybe yeah that was like Maybe the memory's gone, but somewhere he knows that there's some something missing that he had before. I, but honestly, I felt like he was preparing the way for him to meet Janine because it's like you have to meet her. That's the person you're waiting for. He just didn't know how long it was going to take, mm-hmm. and he felt so lonely because of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know why he himself did not feel. Um, because you can have other relationships that make you feel fulfilled. Family, you know, even if you're single and stuff, mm-hmm. sometimes you feel lonely, and then sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have your family and, uh, and other relationships to not feel lonely with. You sometimes know, sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes. <laughs> oh you don't. my god, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So to me, I just didn't understand that part. I was like, "What? What happened?" But it was maybe self-sacrificing. Was not, I think. Yeah, and maybe he balance because you know sometimes people go from one extreme to another but he looked like he'd been in the trenches for a he long did, time but maybe that was part of it maybe like you know he fixed things for his friends but he didn't he didn't then like maintain his connections to them yeah and I'm, i honestly probably want well, to watch actually, it again to go back it's interesting because then like how could they, he was like distant like, from he, all of them he though he changed the past so it's like he wasn't exactly living it because he changed it but apparently he did it's it's like weird like the time travel thing makes it weird yeah but it's like he didn't maintain those relationships and that's yeah. why he even was alex miserable. came back up to him and was like i mean i know you broke up with me because that's one of the things nick did he went back in the past to break up with alex to mm-hmm. make sure that they didn't get together mm-hmm. because he knew that alex wasn't the one who was supposed to be with mm-hmm. in the future in the timeline where he was with her and he knew that shit. There was someone that she really, truly connected mm-hmm. with, and, and it would was probably Tony. be matched. Probably yeah, were the and they were great together. Yep, yeah, exactly. And but then I, he was happy, really happy. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I like that they went back, and there was a healing of friendship love. Yes, there was a friendship love again with his sister and her best friend. Yeah, I like um, that. But that was like you said, that was my my favorite part of the movie. My favorite healing relationship. Tommy was the relationship between him and Tommy. Yeah, that, that got healed because they were not good. Yeah. They were not good. There was a lot of stuff that wasn't said. And then mm-hmm. the whole thing of Janine coming in and they both had her. And it's, mm-hmm. But what I also liked was how they ended the film. They didn't end it like, like a nice, neat bow. Mm-hmm. Because you were seeing him come to this party at the end and mm-hmm. you're just like, he's just by himself again. Everyone's worried about him. Mm-hmm. His sister's worried about him. He's like, mm-hmm. nobody, his friends are trying to get him to just come out and be mm-hmm. out. And he didn't still see... Uh, Janine at all mm-hmm. but for some reason as he was leaving the party he 
saw her. Saw her. She was taking pictures. And then they make that eye contact. And then, and then he starts to he walk looks. away again. But then he grabs the door jam. Like, yes. he stops himself. And then, and like, they just cover over that. him, And he's like, he did not leave. We don't know if he leave. And I think it goes back to that whole phrase about love. Is like uh, It says, love is drawn in the form of a circle. No one knows where it begins. And it, it never, never really, really ends. ends. And it's almost like it's circling back again. Mm-hmm. So it's like they were going to find each other. No yes. matter all the stress they did with. He was supposed to be with Janine mm-hmm. the whole time. He was supposed that was his person. And he's like, I could tell, like, I like that they didn't let us like be an exact thing. And you know Normally I don't like that, but this time I do. I liked it on both. And it's like you know who's gonna go for her again. Did something similar in Sylvie's love because they're like, you know, we're Yeah, the circling other. back. Mm-hmm. You circle back. And it ends when they're like, uh, you know, it doesn't show them getting married. I mean, they do show the pictures, okay, of the mm-hmm. the after credits, they show the photos so yeah. you know it happens. But both of these movies like reminded me back to the final scene well it's not even a scene it's like the end card they put up a card for um revolutionary girl utina the mm. series not the movie where um Utena's talking and this is an anime y'all to An- yeah to anthe and she's like and someday and then anthe's like someday and you never actually hear the next line mm-hmm. you never see- hear either of them say it but they just put up the title of the episode which usually they'll have at the beginning but they never showed it it doesn't come up until the end. It says, someday we'll shine together. I know. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. But both of these movies remind me of that mm-hmm. because, like, it, it took was a while for them, for them to them. Fi- mm-hmm. find each other. But at the end, like, it's not, it's not definite, but it's like, someday we'll shine together. I know. And, and it's just love. Time. Just love. I like that. I like these both iterations of them. Mm-hmm. I liked one more than the other one. Agreed. But, um, but the themes. The, the themes are very interesting. I would actually is. go back and look at time. Um, needle in a time stack again. I'm gonna try and get my sister to watch. I would too. Like I loved like as a just as a movie overall. I love Sylvie's love more. more. Yeah. But the themes and the way they look at it's love so different in, in both. It's so interesting. Yeah. That it just and that's the genre from a helping movie it overall, to. Overall, it's not. I don't think it's as good as Sylvie's love. But from its themes, it's just so interesting that it to it, look it, at it elevates. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. To look at. It. So that's why I give the rating. I'm gonna give it. Because I don't think it's as great a film mm-hmm. as Sylvie's Love is, mm-hmm. but these themes and things that we were talking about and that are in there, I mm-hmm. thought were quite interesting. I just like how they did certain things. Yeah. That I was like, this yeah. is very unique to it me. It is, yeah. Because I was surprised, and then I like that it's normalizing all, seeing all these different people. Mm-hmm. We're just people. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what your color is and all that kind of stuff. It's not saying your color is not important. It's just like you can be a representation for different people. Like mm-hmm. I like that we were seeing that. I like that it can say black love is ordinary. Interesting in that you say that color is not, oh, um, you're not saying that color is not important. Cause I would actually say it's only because of the world we live in. That color is important. That color is important. But I'm just but saying, I'm not trying to deny what you look like. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I wouldn't say that, but I would say like, it's more of our culture things that like really make us, different so but like the color thing is really such a it's such a throwaway it's only because people have like institutionalized things on the genotype honestly exactly it don't make sense you're right and it's because the systems of the world Mm -hmm. utilizing it for for its own game otherwise it wouldn't really i don't think it would really matter you're right 
And it doesn't. That's what the point I'm trying to make mm-hmm. is. It's just like, I'm not trying to say your color doesn't matter as in like the face of the world, but it shouldn't matter really. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about people and themes, it's right. universal. You should be able to see yourself or different colors in one film. And that's what we have. I love this whole cast. Is you got two black people. You got an Asian sister. You got um another side character who's white, another side character who's Indian. And they were all the main cast. And mm-hmm. I liked, I loved it. Um, and so what I got from this one, oh, sorry, before you get into like, I think you're going into the wrap up. It was also interesting to me in kind of a funny way. We meet Donna. We never see Tate. Yes. 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 That's what I said. You kept seeing Donna, but no Tate. And I was like, how come Tate wasn't in this? I really would love to ask the directors, like, how come you ain't show Tate one time? So I can see, cause, cause Tate, um, Donna was a Muslim woman, which I liked too. Oh yeah. That was great. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, who's Tate? So I want to know who Tate, and they never showed him. So yeah, we never got to find out who Tate was, who was apparently part of their group Mm. of friends. Uh, all of them. Well, Janine was like the only one that wasn't in there. And I'm not going to lie. That was a p- point that would knock off a little bit because I didn't like that. I didn't see Janine anymore. I yeah. wanted to see her more. That also makes she's me so wonder, striking how to me. did Tommy meet Janine? Thank you. In we the don't know. Timeline. That makes they me don't show us. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not a big thing because I do like that. I don't need every single thing to be tied up for me, but I am interested as to, well, yeah, we never explain it because all we know is that Nick met Janine through Tommy, mm-hmm. but we don't know how Tommy met Janine in the first place. Yeah. So, no, we don't know that. But maybe we can just imagine him. I can write up a, <laughs> a fan fiction or something. <laughs> anyway, if Sylvie's love is about black pain in any time, devoid, I mean, black love in any time, devoid of black pain, mm-hmm. this one is about black love being ordinary, just there, just be, be displayed. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what I would say about the needle in the time stack. So let's get into the rating, unless you have anything else you want to add. I would add that, like, needle in the time stack is about black love in its different forms. Like okay. when you were talking about the Greek of, like, the eros and mm-hmm. the familial. Mm-hmm. I would say this one is more about, like, the different, different forms of love. We mm-hmm. should have more words for love. We have a bunch of words for other stuff that we really don't need. Mm-hmm. English has a lot of words. Um, A lot of words that mean the same thing. <laughs> But yeah, so I would rate, I give this movie seven glasses. I would give it, um, I'm giving it eight glasses. Okay. Because the interesting, like the way that they did the themes and the like interestingness of like the relationships that weren't the romantic ones Mm -hmm. just, and the things like that just made it more interesting to me. Because if it weren't for that, yeah, I probably would have, it would have been lower, but like just how interesting to me the themes were. And the non-romantic love relationships like um, Nick and Tommy, their friendship, or um, Zoe and her best friend. Mm-hmm. Huh. Friendship love, I think, was more prevalent in here. You think so? I think so. That's like, a good you, point. Like you said, you didn't see Janine that much yeah. in the movie. So it wasn't a lot about like romantic but the only thing was it's because they kept he kept trying to get back to her mm-hmm. so, so that's like the, the part about the incident, black love but yeah. it wasn't really about it as much yeah yeah, yeah. i agree but i like that the sci-fi take you know i'm mm-hmm. gonna try and watch it again to see if anything changes or moves me differently mm-hmm. but um i'm glad we reviewed these two. i'm glad we got to talk about black love yeah um, i like how different these were i wasn't expecting needle in a time stack to be what it was me neither i didn't know what to expect very interesting even the director says this movie is not for everybody yeah. it's not like a main masses movie mm-hmm. it's just you got to watch it and take it for what it is and right. i like stuff like that i like, I like to you just present something to me 
and don't be like, oh my god, this is what this is, to mm-hmm. liken it to something else and that I I've like, seen already, you know? I like how different these were. Both of them are so different mm-hmm. and so good. And the mu- I've been even talking about the music is so wonderful in Sylvia's Love. Oh my gosh, And then yes. I like the cinematography in... Um, I Needle like the cinematography in Needle in a, in a oh, Time yeah, Stack. Right. Yeah, it was very they good. Have very nice cinematography. And it had a few effects just to show the time lapse and stuff. It was actually kind of cool. That mm-hmm. kind of like ocean, like mm-hmm. washing over you kind of thing. And I cool. heard from the um, the director of Sylvie's Love was Eugene Ash, and he actually like shot the film on a different. Um, it's called something called Super 16, mm-hmm. and it was to give it a grainy feel to make it look like films from the past, too. So, so a lot of stylistic I things were in there like, for yeah, Sylvie's Love. Because it also did, it looked stylistically like that. It wasn't just, mm-hmm. like, set in, like, the 50s and 60s. It also had the kind of film look mm-hmm. of as if it were. I remember watching, and I really like. I really, when it came to Sylvie's Love, I really felt like it was um so much, I keep talking about this movie, Sabrina, but it's not the... Audrey Hepburn Sabrina. It's the Sabrina with Susie Orman from the 90s and Richard Gere. I love the feeling that was in that movie. Richard Just, Gere? You sure? Is it? what it's about Richard Harrison Gere. Ford? Oh, my bad. You're right. You're in my bad. It is Harrison Ford. <laughs> okay. You're right. Oh, sorry. Harrison Ford and Susie Arman, um, Orman. Mm. That film, I always loved that film. I liked the feeling that that film gave me. Mm. And I felt the same feeling mm. watching. Sylvie's love because mm-hmm. I was like I was I, anytime Sabrina came on I watched it over and over <laughs> again but I liked the feeling that I got and I felt the same exact feeling but I saw black people mm-hmm. and I liked that too so yeah. you guys that was our take on black love and the two black films for the Valentine's season and the black history month season that's right <laughs> all right love in here. y'all have a wonderful Valentine's day so you guys day. happy Valentine's day to all you lovers and those who are without love <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those we love you. Okay, have That's an right. awesome day and stay tuned. We have um other things coming for this month because we're gonna get more into Black History Month stuff and yeah, a special. Y'all. We got a special thing coming up for y'all. Okay. All right. So hit us back up. In the meantime, blurred out. Blurred and out. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to our show on whatever podcast listening app you use and share the show with other blurred and non-blurred family and friends. And if you like our episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. The intro and outro music is Twilight by Caption. You can find them on SoundCloud, the username Caption, spelled C-A-P-S-H-U-N. The show notes are by Bola Hansen, and the audio engineering is by Whitney Booker. And you can contact us by email at blurredtalkbw at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to get social, you guys. You can find us on our social media at Instagram and Twitter with our at handle being at blurredtalkbw. And we've got our individual things going on too, y'all. So you can find me, your Blurred Fashionista, on Instagram and Twitter at BolaStoryBee. That's B with two E's like the insect. And I've got my own personal YouTube channel, just Bola Shade. That's B-O-L-A-S-H-A-D-E. D is in dog, E is an elephant. And this is Whitney. You can find me at my company, Luminavi Studios. The email address is wit at luminavi.com. That's W-H-I-T at L-U-M-E-N-A-V-I.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Luminavi Studios.